please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. This should be the last of this series on judgment. Matthew chapter 7. I want to begin reading in verse 1 and I want to read through to verse 6. We're going to be looking at verse 6 today. Uh, but I want you to see all of this in context, okay? Because there is a lot being said here, um, and I don't want anything to be unbalanced. Can I say that? Amen? Jesus is speaking. Remember once again that this is the Sermon on the Mount. It, is, it goes through chapters 5, 6, and 7 of uh, Matthew, and uh, it's a very long teaching. It's a fairly long sermon. Uh, there's so much covered in them. Uh, we did a whole series on it. Uh, and we're getting to the latter end, the back end of it. And Jesus gets to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1. And he says, judge not that you be not judged. So the first thing he says is be careful how you judge. Now, he's not saying don't judge. He's saying be careful how you judge. This is what I want to bring to you today. Okay? So he said, judge not that you be not judged. So he's saying, if, if you are judged, if you are judging something, then you will be judged as well. That's right. Do you understand? So he's saying, don't judge unless you're willing to be judged. Right. Notice he says, judge not that you be not judged. All right? You really need to catch this. It's sort of, you'll see what I mean as we progress through this. If you just read that verse, then you won't judge anything. <laughs> okay? But he didn't stop at verse 1. He went on to verse 2 and said, For with, this, with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. Can you see this? And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Are you getting the flow now? Verse 3, he says, Then why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank or beam in your own eye? So he's saying in your judgment, you make sure that you don't have a beam in your eye when you're trying to take a speck out of your brother's eye. That you don't have the beam of judging <laughs> unrighteously. Hello? Because Jesus sees that as a beam compared to whatever sin your brother is committing that he sees as a speck. Did you get that? All right. Verse 4. He says, Oh, how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank or a beam is in your own eye. In other words, he's saying, your attitude stinks. Okay? <laughs> you can't go and help somebody else if you're doing it wrong and if you, by your judgment, are sinning so much greater than whatever sin they committed. Verse 5, hypocrite, first remove the plank of being from your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In other words, he's saying, if you stop judging your brother in that way, then you'll be able to help him. You know, it says to speak the truth in love. You can't do that if you're mad at them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, And you really can't help people if you're always angry and you're always judgmental and you're always tearing down. You know, we're meant to build people up, not tear them down. Are you all with me? And so he's saying, listen, I, I need you to see this, okay, and all in context now. He's saying, be careful as you're going, you know, don't judge. All right? He's saying, don't have a judgmental attitude. When you go to, you know, you want to correct somebody, make sure that you're right before God, before you ever start. Don't go in there angry. Don't go in there mad. Don't go in there with preconceived ideas. Don't go in there without praying. Hello. I don't have time to pray. Well, then you don't have time to judge. 
<laughs> Can I say that again? <laughs> you don't have time to pray. Better not judge. Don't do it because you don't have God's wisdom. You're just going to go in there and you're going to do something that you are going to need to repent of. I will guarantee you. How do you know? I don't know. I might have a little bit of an experience with that. But anyway, <laughs> I have learned to shut up. That's, that's my counsel to myself. You know, whenever I want to go say something, you know, my, my first thing is shut up. I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying this to me. Don't get upset. Okay? I just say, shut up, Roche. You go pray about this first. And if God says yes, pray about it again. And make sure it was God saying yes and not you just giving yourself permission to go something that you really, really, really want to do. Amen. We need to learn, family. Listen, I'm trying to get you out of trouble, okay? All right? Okay. With all that in mind, verse 6. Now you're ready for verse 6. Because this, is, this verse shows that you do need some level of a certain amount of judgment. Okay? He says, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls among or before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Now you just think, what does this have to do with anything? Well, if, we, if you've been listening to me, okay, hopefully you're picking up on something. All right? We are to, we are to um, exercise a certain level of discernment and judgment over things. We are to not judge people with bad attitudes, all right, and in ways that we ourselves would not want to be judged. Okay, so if you don't want to be judged in that way, then don't judge others that way. Because whatever you sow, you will reap. And it's never the same amount. Have you noticed? It comes good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over! It's not just money, <laughs> okay? It's everything. It is, it is a principle in the kingdom of God. Get it working for you, okay? Not against you. That's what I always say. Please be careful what seeds you sow. Always be careful. And your mouth, James says, is the biggest problem. It sets all kinds of things on fire. And then you kind of wonder why your life is on fire. Everything is being burnt down. Well, check to see where you... Anyway. All right. Back to this. Back to this. So, <laughs> firstly, with reference to pearls and swine, or, or pearls and what is holy, Leon Morris says that for the followers of Jesus, there is nothing more holy than the gospel, God's word, okay? That's holy. Pearl, and the pearls are the pearls of wisdom which we receive from it, okay? So notice the two things he says, do not give what is holy, nor cast your pearls, okay? Be careful about what is holy and the pearls of wisdom that you receive. In Revelation, I just want to take you there for a minute. In Revelation chapter 22 and verse 15, because I want to uh, define what dogs are and swine are, okay? <laughs> They're not your pets, all right? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's not babe, all right? It's not that little pig, okay? In, Reve in Revelation chapter 22, verse 15, it says that outside the city are the dogs, and then it, it defines what he's talking about. He's, and we can, by extension, okay, 
pigs as well. It says the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshippers, and all who love to live a lie. All who love to live a lie. Those people that will not admit. You know, what is the beginning of wisdom? Fear of God. To know that He exists. To know that there is something bigger than yourself that you have to give account to. I don't know what it is about people. You know, they say, well, I just want to live free. And, you know, they, they think, you know, I don't want to believe in God. It's all a crutch, blah, 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 blah. And they do all of this. And yet, and yet, these same people won't drive over 60 in a road. Why? Because the law says you better not do that. Because there's little lights that will follow behind you. And it'll cost you money. The thing everybody loves. Which... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> the root of all evil. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm trying to say. You know, just no. It's it's funny how on one hand they want to live free and they don't want they don't care about stuff. On the other hand, they will follow very precise principles, like don't put water in your gas tank. Because if I was free and I said I just don't want to listen to all this stuff, I just want to, you know, it's cheaper to stick water in the gas tank, especially the way prices are going right now. You know, <laughs> let's just do that. Uh, you know what will happen? You won't go anywhere. You're not as free as you think you are. And can I say this? If you do what God tells you to do, then you will you will be blessed, and God will be able to help you through all the things that you are struggling with. Amen. Why is it that the one thing that will open the door of blessing to everything else is the one thing people see, and not you, okay? That one thing that people seem to go, well, I don't want to be restricted by all of this religion stuff. Yeah, neither do we. But reality is something else. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, all right, back to this. In his commentary, William Hendrickson writes, Jesus is saying that whatever... It is that stands in special relation to God. Can I please listen to these words, okay? Whatever it is that stands in special relation to God and is accordingly very precious should be treated with reverence and not entrusted to those who, because of their utterly wicked, vicious, and despicable nature, can be compared to dogs and hogs. Do you understand? Okay, these are very, very bad people. All right? I'm going to talk to you about this in a minute. This means, for example, that Christ's disciples must not endlessly continue to bring the, the gospel message to those who scorn it. Did you hear the word endlessly? Please hear the word endlessly, because people get all upset otherwise. Okay? He says, to be sure, patience must be exercised. But there is a limit. A moment arrives when constant resistance to the gracious invitation must be punished by the departure of the messengers of good tidings. You know, Jesus walked away from the Pharisees and, and Sadducees. <laughs> I'm thinking scribes and Sadducees all at the same time. They all start with an S, all right? You know, from the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees because they were just attacking him after a while. Why? Because he was exposing them and all of their falsehood. That's the reason why I reckon Matthew joined Jesus. A tax collector joined Jesus, wrote one of the Gospels, fairly hefty one, the one that we're looking at right now, <laughs> okay? Do you know why? Because he saw the hypocrisy that was there, and he hated religion, and here came Jesus, 
the furthest thing from religion. And he exposed religion for what it was. And Matthew said, I like this dude. I'm joining him. When Jesus says, you want to follow me? Mm, I'm there. I mean, he just gave it up and left. You got to think about that. Pete took a while to leave his fishing business. No, no, you got to read this stuff. <laughs> okay. Matthew in a second left it. Amen. You know, they, okay, no, okay, just for people who don't know, okay, you haven't done the life of Jesus. It took a, a while, three calls, before Peter actually became full-time in ministry. I don't know if you know that or not. So there's something for you, okay? So it wasn't an instant thing. But this guy dropped it. I mean, it was a lucrative business. Yeah, that's right. He was ripping people off, left, right, and center, getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think about this. And Jesus says, come follow me. And he goes, yep, coming. That says a lot to me. Absolutely. Matthew was a realist. He hated religion. I think there's a lot of people out there that hate religion. That person doesn't go to church. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they need to find the right church before they go. No, I'm serious, family. The way churches are going today. Sometimes it's better to stay at home and go online. Watch us. Watch us. Okay. <laughs> Just what, don't come here. We don't have room. But watch us. No, no, no. Come, come. We're fine. No, but you know, listen. Some days it's better to not have the wrong thing. Are you all with me? Then nothing at all. It's just some days just stay away from some things. Amen. Anyway, okay. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Where was I? Uh -huh. Okay. So <laughs> once again, you know, we we need to understand. That there is a time, a place that, you know, you need to not be one of those people that's just a rug that everybody walks on. You need to be led by the Spirit in what you do. People think because we are a Christian, that means that they can do whatever they want to you and you got to love them. I have a question. Do you believe in the Bible? You do. But the guy that's telling you that you should love, what do they believe in? Do they believe in the Bible? If they did, they'd get saved. Listen, listen, listen. I want to give you a little wisdom now, okay? So what right do they have to tell you to follow the Bible when they don't? You know, people use stuff against you to get their way, to gain an advantage. Are you all with me? Be careful they don't, you don't allow them to do that. They say, well, aren't you a Christian? Aren't you meant to love? Why, you don't? Hey, man, you act like a brother, I'll treat you like a brother. You act like the world. <laughs> Judgment is coming. <laughs> Amen. That's Charles Neiman. Anyway, I like that man. <laughs> you can't mess with that guy. All right, so we see an example of this. Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, verses 5 through 7. I'm trying to set you free here, okay? You know, I really don't want, don't want you to be in a place where people take advantage of you, do the wrong thing, and then you're hurt and you're thinking, you know, what's the point? Listen, you belong to the family of God. You are one of God's kids. Yes, we have enormous patience and kindness and we love people, but there are those who attack us and they're attacking us because they love to be influenced by the devil, not because they're stupid. Some people are just dumb, okay, when they're dumb, and they're just lots of patience, okay? But if it's coming from, some people are just, just 
willing pawns of the devil. Can I say that way? You need to be careful that you don't allow them to attack you and take you to a place where if you weren't in that place, you'd be able to minister to other people and bless other people. But because they're dragging you down constantly and they are stopping your light from shining and your blessing coming to the people around you, then be careful of those relationships. Get away from those things. Amen. Okay, anyway, back to this. Acts 18, chapter... uh, Chapter 18, verse 5, when Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, they used bad language, okay, okay, he shook his garments and said to them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Watch verse Love verse 7. Watch this. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, you see what I'm trying to say here? There's Justice there who's worshipping God, who will receive your message. And then there's this synagogue, a religious place yeah. with religious people wearing white. And acting religiously. Hello. Looking odd, godly and everything. And they spit all over you. Sorry for that. (laughs) But you know what I'm trying to say? You know, don't be dumb just because it's a church doesn't mean anything. Go next door. Maybe God's there. Because they sure ain't in the synagogue. Get this. You see, if Paul wasted his time in the synagogue, please get this. God is not wasteful, and he will not waste you. Did you hear me? He won't waste you. You are precious to him. And there'll come a time when he go, and sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we go, well, maybe another time, maybe one more. And God will go, come on, kid, we're leaving. You know when your parents just grab you <laughs> when you were little? And they said, that's it, we're going. <laughs> and you go, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? That's how God will do you sometimes. He'll just say, we're leaving this place. This place is not worthy. Let's go. Now don't get all judgmental and go, this place is not worthy, I'm leaving. Wait till God says something. You keep at it until God says, that's it, we're done. When he says we're done, we're done. Because he needs to take you somewhere else. He's not taking you uh, out of something. He's taking you to something. Did you hear what I just said? Paul didn't just go out, find a tavern, (laughs) knock a couple of beers down, and go forget that religious church, that synagogue. I tell you what, you know, you go in there and you pour your guts out. And what is it? You know, you, you cast your pearls and they just trample it. And attack you back with it. I don't want to go there anymore. You know what? I'm just going to go. <laughs> no, no, he didn't do any of that stuff. He just went out of here. Where did we go? Oh, next door. <laughs> Look at that. Hallelujah. Justice is going, Woo! We prayed. We got our answer. You are the answer to somebody's prayers. Don't get stuck somewhere in some pig hole. Hey, he used the word, okay? And you're messing around in some trough. And God's going, get out of there. I need you here. 
some days we get this persecution mentality. You know, if you're not being persecuted enough, maybe we're doing something wrong. Oh, there's plenty to go around. Don't worry. That's going to come. Just be in the right place at the right time. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Jesus himself encountered the same kind of opposition when he was preaching in Luke chapter 11. With verses 53 and 54 going on to say, And as he said these things to them, the scribes and Pharisees began to assail him vehemently. Okay, they were being horrible to him. Okay, in the NIV it says, oppose him fiercely. I really like that. Okay, they begin to oppose him fiercely and to cross-examine him about many things. Notice they're not open, they're not receiving, they're not asking questions, they're cross-examining. There's a difference if somebody is just so hungry and they just want to know everything and they might say, well, what do you mean about this? And I'm not sure about that. That's okay. Patience. Take a little while. Explain it to them. But when people begin to cross-examine you, you know, they're kind of going, I don't think that's right, and blah, 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 and they just get this attitude. I want you to notice something, you know, <laughs> back, back, back to the verse again. Let me just show you something else here. Notice he says, lest they trample them under their feet, talking about what is holy and your pearls, okay? Lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. How many times have you ministered something and people take what you've said and use it against you? Be careful of the things that you say. Be careful of what revelations you share. You be careful about listening to God before you open your mouth. Sometimes we're so excited, and I'll put my hand up. This is me, okay? 20 years ago, I got so turned on, I couldn't shut up, and I preached to everything, and I hammered everything with, <laughs> with the word, and I said things to people I shouldn't have said, and then I was persecuted, and oh God, I'm being persecuted because I'm doing your work, and God said, because you're dumb. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? I'll show you in a minute. All right, <laughs> I will get to it. I'll get to that in a minute. But I need you to know something, man. Listen, we have the mind of Christ. Amen. We have the intellect that created all of everything that you see residing on the inside. We have access to it, and we need to access it. And that mind will <laughs> it knows what's going on. We don't, but it does. And if you can tap into the thing, you'll start to find... That's, that's what being led by the Spirit is all about, by the way. You will get to know what to do, when to do it, when not to do something. And there'll be reasons why you shouldn't do something. You may not understand it, but give it enough time, it will, it will bubble up. I don't know how many times God has said no to something, and later on it's bubbled up, and I've thought, oh, that's why. But at the time, all I needed was a yes or a no. I didn't need a paragraph, you know, <laughs> I just needed a word, <laughs> you know, a word from God. You know what I'm trying to say? Some days that's all the time you have. And if he says no, don't stand there and argue with him. No means no, walk off. He'll explain later and you'll see things that you never saw before. And on the other hand, when he says yes to something and you, you think, I don't think so. Yes is yes, go for it. You don't know how people will respond. Amen. All right, uh, where was I? 
So, oh, oh, yeah, I was here. Okay, back, back, let me read these verses again because they need, they need to be read together. Back to Luke eleven fifty three. 53. He says, and as he was saying these things to them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to assail him vehemently to cross-examine him about many things. Verse 54, lying in wait for him and seeking to catch him in something he might say that they might accuse him. Did you see that? They use what you say against you. People like that, don't you know you don't need to you don't need that grief in your life can i just say it that way i don't need it in my life you don't need it in yours but you're a minister yeah i'm here to minister to you not those who reject the word those who receive the word amen, amen. amen? if i was out there fighting with people who reject it what do i have for you on sunday then the apostles didn't say in acts chapter 6 we will, you know, you do all the serving. We will spend that time arguing with everybody. <laughs> okay? No, they said we will spend that time in the word of God and in prayer. That's what they said they were going to do. That's what I decided I was going to do. I said, if it's good for them, it's good for me. If that's what they said was important, then that's what's important to me. You know, my job is to train you to go out there and, and be a blessing. Because you are in places I'll never get to. You are surrounded by people that I will never meet. You have the same hands that I do that as the body of Christ. Do you know I am not the head? <gasps> no, no, I need you to get this revelation. I am part of the body of Christ just like you are. The whole body has the same authority. That comes from the head. Did you hear that? So if I can lay hands in the sick and watch them recover, guess what? You can lay hands in the sick and watch them recover. If I can pray for you and pray blessing on your life, you can pray for people and have blessings come into their life. What makes me think I can do that? Behold, what manner of love that this is that you should be called. You, you should be called the children of God. Amen. That's, that's your right. That's your authority. You are his child. You have his power. You have his anointing. You have his spirit. You have everything of heaven at your disposal. Wherever you go. That's why, you know, some days you look at something and it's not behaving itself. You can curse the thing. I would encourage you to. <laughs> Don't curse people, okay? But, you know, if things, <laughs> things, 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 T-H-I-N-G, okay, things, if something is going wrong, just say, no, I won't allow you to keep doing this. And just, just turn the thing around. Don't allow it to keep going and see where it falls. <laughs> you know, you see a, a glass rolling off the table. You know, in the spirit, a lot of us go, hmm, clunk. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. You know, okay, Sarah, Sarah. What? Dude, you're going to stop it. You see it rolling, jump, while everybody else is like, oh. get in there and grab the thing. Is this a revelation? Let this be a revelation to you. Okay, <laughs> all right? This is what I'm talking about. You know, there are judgments that you need to make on things. But it said right at the beginning, remember, be careful with your judgments. Make sure there's not a beam in your eyeball. 
when you're looking at things. Amen? Make sure you get rid of those things. You need to have clear vision before you do and say anything. And when you are in that place of peace, in that place of tranquility, in that place where you are hearing God clearly, that's when you act. Amen? Don't wait for an emotion. You act when there is clarity. Sometimes our emotions drive us to do things at the wrong time. Also, can witness to that one. All right. Let's continue. Interestingly enough, the Spirit-filled Bible says, some discrimination in preaching the gospel is necessary. To preach the gospel to those who manifest a contemptuous blasphemy toward it is not only to cheapen it, but also to endanger ourselves. Did you get that? Don't go places that God didn't tell you to go. I have heard so many Christians say, well, I'm just, you know, I'm going to just be martyred for God. And, you know, God loves living Christians. The dead ones you can't do much with. Because they're dead. It's a revelation to some people. Amen. Okay. So... <laughs> That's why Jesus force, uh, forcefully says, do not give, which in the Greek, according to Leon Morris, is a firm command, not a tentative suggestion. When, you know, when he says, do not give what is, what is holy, all right, don't cast your... He, when he says that it is a firm command, okay? All right. Especially with him going on to say, lest they trample them under their feet. Notice again, he says, don't give them anything that they can trample under their feet. Don't give them anything. Listen to me. Okay, if, if, if they are totally rejecting God and rejecting the word, don't give them anything to use against you. That's why he says, and turn and tear you in pieces. With what? With whatever you gave them. Don't supply the weapons. Did you get that? In his commentary, William MacDonald says, when we meet vicious people who treat divine truth with utter contempt and respond to our preaching of the claims of Christ with abuse and violence. Did you hear those two words? Abuse and violence. Okay, We are not obligated to continue to share the gospel with them. In fact, to press the matter uh, only brings increased condemnation to the offenders. That's why Jesus says, and this is where I will we'll finish with this, and I told you I'll, I'll take you to this place. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, I'm going to read verses 14 and 15, go back to verse 11, all right? He says, and whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the, shake off the dust from your feet. And assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Do you see Jesus? He's saying, listen, if they are going to reject it, walk off. Now let's go back to verse 11. And I also want to read verse 16. All right? Let's get a little context here very quickly. Verse 11. Whenever you enter a city or village, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Pastor Verdi, you can follow perfectly. All right. From <laughs> uh, and you, oh yeah, anyway. Uh, he says, whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy man or woman and stay in his or her home until you leave for the next town. Verse 12, when you are invited into someone's home, give it your blessing. Watch, watch now. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it is not, take back the blessing. Wow. I didn't know that was there. I didn't know you could take a blessing away. 
You know what he's saying? If people are rejecting things, you know, you think they were nice and then they started to argue with you. And they started to, you started to realize that they were an enemy of the gospel. An enemy of Christ. Not your enemy, okay? Because you're meant to love your enemies. I don't like them. Who cares? <laughs> okay? We don't care about whether you like them and then they like you. It's not about that. If you agree on Jesus Christ, if you agree on, the on things of the gospel, we're good. Okay? We need, to, <laughs> we need to separate these things out a little bit. All right? And so anyway, he says, if not, which means if they're going to promote and push for things that are against what is holy and what is precious to God, then don't leave your blessing with them. Listen, because you are opening the door for them to prosper in something that is harmful to you and other people. You don't want ever to promote that. You want to bless people who are blessing people. Because then whatever you sow, you'll reap. Amen? <laughs> Verse 14. If a village doesn't... This is where 14 comes in. If a village doesn't welcome you or listen to you, shake off the dust of that place from your feet as you leave. I assure you, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off on, on the day of judgment than, uh, than that place will be. So notice again there is a certain amount of discernment, a certain amount of judgment that you have to exercise. Okay, don't just go in there and kind of go, well, we're Christians, we're stupid. We're just there to, for you to trample all over us and just take advantage of us. Please don't do that. If you do that, go to another church. Don't come. <laughs> no. You know, don't do that, man. You, you are cheapening the gospel. You are cheapening what Jesus did on the cross. Well, where does it say that? Read the next verse. Verse 16. Jesus says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. See, yeah, that's what we are. Sheep. We just go out there, get fleeced, and we just get ripped apart because they're wolves. And we're stupid. Wait, he didn't finish there. He said, therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Don't be dumb. Did you notice? He said, be wise. Do you know what wisdom does? It stays away from places that you shouldn't be in. Wisdom listens to God. Wisdom pays attention. Wisdom obeys. Wisdom says, God, if you don't want this, I don't want it. <laughs> okay? That's a good place to be. Don't do what Paul did. You know, one, you know the time he got arrested, put in jail? Do you know that just before then, somebody actually prophesied over him and said, don't go there. He had this love for the Jews because he was a Jew. And he said, no, 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 I want to go to my brothers. He was acting a bit of a martyr, you know. And somebody tied their hands and said, they're going to bind you. Don't do this. He did it anyway. The Apostle Paul, he did it anyway. Guess what? Ended up in jail. Don't say that that was God's will when just before that God's prophet said, don't go. Did you get that? It irks me the way people preach on stuff. Well, Paul went to prison. It was God's will. Some days God will send you to prison. 
No. He went because he was dumb. He didn't listen. Prophet said, don't go. And he went. I'm saying to you, don't go to some places. I better not hear you went. <laughs> okay? Because the next thing I'll be getting a call. Pastor, pray for me. And I'll pray for you. But why? You know, why put yourself through that, man? I'm not the one in trouble. I'll pray. But I'm not the one in trouble. You are. Did we learn something? I've run out of time. <laughs> Let's have every head back and every head close. Well, Father, we just thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, that we do want to be wise as serpents, but also harmless as doves. That wherever we, wherever we go, Father, that we are a blessing. And I thank you, Father, for your divine guidance in all of this. We can't do this without you, Lord. And you never expect us to do it without you. And we commit, Lord, to spend more time in prayer, hearing your voice, becoming a lot more in tune to you and your will for our life. Because that's not only where the blessing for us is, but also the blessing for all those you want us to go to is as well. And we don't want to waste that opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>